from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about the Giants' disappointing 5-4 loss in the series finale to the Red Sox. Their elimination number is down to 1 after the Brewers also won last night. The Giants fell to 74 and 79, and they're now nine games back of the second wildcard spot with nine games remaining. So, the best they can hope for, which is virtually impossible, is to win all of their remaining games and have whoever happens to be in the second wildcard spot lose all of their remaining games. And in that impossible scenario, they would just tie for the second wildcard spot and would need to play a one-game playoff to determine the winner. So that's not going to happen. Giants will be eliminated with their next loss or a win by the second wildcard team. And the Braves, meanwhile, where the Giants are going now to start this three-game series, have a magic number of one to clinch the National League East. So with a win tonight, the Braves can clinch the division and eliminate the Giants. So it should be an eventful game. The Giants, you know technically fighting for their lives here Braves trying to win the division Madison Bumgarner was on the mound for the Giants yesterday in the finale and he allowed nine hits in five innings five earned runs he did have seven strikeouts and walked just two and didn't allow any homers so a weird start for him he allowed a lot of hits on soft contact but at the end of the day it was just another non-dominant start in what has been a solid but not great season for the Giants' starting pitcher. Bumgarner now has a 3.86 ERA, 3.78 fielding independent pitching, and 4.33 expected fielding independent pitching. So those numbers are anywhere from 9 to 3% below average. And I know I've said this a lot, but I'm just not seeing any way that he gets that mega deal that some have predicted. Giants will most likely offer him the qualifying offer after the season, which will be a one-year offer at about $20 million. And if he rejects the qualifying offer, which most people do who are offered it, and the, the reason teams offer it to players is because the player is likely to reject it, and then that team gets compensated with a draft pick if that player signs with another team. The intention of that rule is to give smaller market teams who can't afford to sign their best players to long-term contracts when they reach free agency a competitive advantage. But the unintended consequence has been that it has really hurt players who have rejected the qualifying offer not being able to get the deal that they initially would have wanted because of the draft pick compensation tied to their free agency. So for Bumgarner, I do wonder if it's a possibility that he might consider accepting the qualifying offer. We saw Hyunjin Ryu accept the qualifying offer last season, and he's gone on to have a phenomenal 2019, and he'll enter free agency now totally unrestricted and not tied to the draft pick compensation because you can only be offered the qualifying offer once in your career. 
So Bumgarner is 30 years old. He turned 30 in August. So I just am really wondering if there's a possibility he might just accept the qualifying offer, play out another season, try to have a really strong season, and enter free agency next winter. Because if he rejects it, you know, that has spelled doom for some free agents in the recent past, including a free agent who was very similar to him last offseason in the person of Dallas Keuchel. Same age, same amount of innings, same type of performance that they were coming off of in the year entering their free agency. Keuchel was predicted to get around four years, $80 million in free agency and ended up not being signed until after the draft because the, the, finally that draft pick compensation went away. If, if you don't sign until after the draft, you no longer have that pick tied to your free agency. So he was able to sign after the draft for one year and $14 million. So just not even close to the predicted number for Keuchel. And so if that's what Keuchel was predicted to get and couldn't come anywhere close, I just have big concerns if I'm Madison Bumgarner about what my free agency is going to be like. There just still seems to be this huge gap between the perception and what I think will be the reality of the market. So we will see. These are going to be questions that we get to finally know the answer to as the offseason unfolds, and we will continue to cover this story and the entire crazy and eventful Giants offseason that it promises to be. They're going to bring in a new manager, possibly a general manager to work under Farhan Zaidi, possibly new coaching staff, new players. It's just going to be a very, very interesting offseason for the Giants. So, you know, the fun isn't going to stop with this show as soon as the season ends. We're going to continue to talk about all of these topics all offseason long. So anyway, coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk more about this Giants loss to the Red Sox yesterday. They had a dramatic late rally, but ultimately couldn't cash in despite having a huge opportunity to come back in this game and potentially take the lead in the ninth. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. Okay, as promised, we'll talk about the remainder of this Giants 5-4 loss to the Red Sox yesterday in the series finale. So Bumgarner gave up five runs in the first two innings. So right away, the Giants were trailing 5-1 to one after getting a run in the top of their first to take a 1-0 lead. Mauricio Dubon was leading off, and he singled to start the game and scored on a fielder's choice and then a sacrifice fly by Evan Longoria. 
Austin Slater started in right field and went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. So his numbers have really fallen off here with inconsistent playing time in the last month or so. Little by little, that ground ball rate for Slater has climbed all the way up to 2.18 ground balls per fly ball, which is still better than his career average of 2.83, but not that different. He's been hitting a lot of ground balls when he's been struggling here lately. His strikeout rate also is up at 31.3%, which is also high. So starting to have some concerns about the future of Austin Slater, he's just not playing very much and looks more like a afterthought and secondary piece than as opposed to some kind of vital part of their outfield of the future. Buster Posey was back in there at catcher, and later in the game there was a key moment when I thought he probably should have been pinch hit for and wasn't. He ended up singling on a chopper, but we'll we'll talk about that moment in a little bit. Jalen Davis made the start at DH and once again struggled. He did draw a walk, but went 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. So Jalen Davis just really has not been able to get it going at all. I know there was a ton of interest in him getting called up uh, when he was just destroying at the high levels of the minors all season, you know, with the Twins before coming to the Giants in the Sam Dyson trade. And then once joining the Rivercats, he just continued his phenomenal season where I believe he hit 35 home runs in the minor leagues this year, but has just looked overmatched at the major league level so far. Swinging through fastballs, and chasing off-speed pitches down in the zone. So getting back to the Giants' rally, in the eighth inning with two on and nobody out, Mauricio Dubon drew a walk. Mike Yastrzemski pinch hit for Austin Slater. And so this is just another example of why you have platoons. And just to have the way the Giants used to construct their roster, they would have their starting eight And then the guys on the bench were just guys who weren't good enough to start and who you really didn't want to have to see play in the games. And inevitably, people would get hurt and they would have to play and then everything would be bad. And then people would blame their woes on injuries, which is just not fair because every team has injuries. And the way the roster is constructed now is just so much better because the way it works is you have Slater in there against the lefty starter But then as soon as there's a righty reliever late in the game, you're able to go to your bench, which features the likes of Mike Yastrzemski, Alex Dickerson, Stephen Vogt, Brandon Belt. All these guys are coming off the bench. So it's just a much more functional way to run a modern baseball team. So Yastrzemski comes off the bench and lines a single to left field that moves Dubon to second. And then Kevin Pillar with a clutch two-out, two-run double down the left field line that made it five to three Red Sox. Evan Longoria then walked, which left runners on first and second with two outs. And then up comes Buster Posey. And this is where I thought they should have gone to Dickerson or Vote. Obviously, if you pinch hit for Posey, you're going to have to put Vote in at catcher because Aramis Garcia had already come out of the game. So he was unavailable to catch. So maybe they just wanted to stay away from Vote at catcher after he caught so much the first couple games. But Posey singled on a It was pretty lucky to be a single. He just hit a chopper that Rafael Devers couldn't handle. It was a tough hop, so it was ruled a single, but definitely not, you know, hit hard. So that loaded the bases, and then Vote did pinch hit for Joey Rickard, which is another example of having a useful bench that's actually functional and not just made up of subpar major leaguers. But unfortunately, with the bases loaded and two outs, Vote struck out swinging on a ball in the dirt 
In the ninth inning, they loaded the bases with no outs. Belt reached on an error. Christian Adamas singled, and Chris Shaw walked. Brandon Crawford then pinch hit for Mauricio Dubon. I don't necessarily love that. Crawford has not had a good year at all. I get it. You're going for the matchup with the lefty Crawford against the righty pitcher, but you know Crawford's at-bats, lefties or righties, have just not been very good for a couple of years, pretty much. And, you know, I'd like to see Dubone get a chance there. And if you're going to pinch hit for him, I would have liked to see Alex Dickerson, who I think is much more of a threat than Crawford. So Crawford ends up getting called out on strikes. Yastrzemski struck out swinging. Brand, uh, Kevin Pillar drew a walk that made it 5-4. to four, And then Evan Longoria had a long at bat that went to a full count with the tying run on third and two outs in the ninth. So a ball and the Giants tie the game. And Brandon Workman threw a ball. He threw a ball in the dirt, and Longoria swung at it, swung over the top of it, and that ended the game. If he just lays off that pitch, it's ball four, and the game is tied. So you, you want an example of why plate discipline is important. You know, a lot of people, you know, if you just talk about batting average and we pretend chasing and on-base percentage don't matter, Longoria is an aggressive hitter. If you have a more patient hitter, then you probably tie the game there. So just another example of the importance of discipline. Anyway, he was devastated. He was very upset with himself, so I'm not trying to rag on the guy too much, but uh, obviously disappointing, and the Giants fell 5-4. to four. Coming up today, as I said, they'll be in Atlanta with the Braves having a chance to clinch the division with a win. Giants will be eliminated with their next loss. We'll be back with another episode on Monday talking about the weekend against the Braves. Remember to get this show every weekday. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again on Monday, and until then, we'll see you next time. 